Tonight is really exciting because we're in this series called Him Plus Her. Him Plus Her. And this is a series all about relationships. And I'm telling you, man, whenever we do a series on relationships, you guys get so like jacked up. You're so pumped up. You're so fired up. There's so much buzz when it comes to series like this. You guys are tweeting about it, talking about it, all this stuff. We get excited. And we said this last week. The reason that we get excited about relationships is because relationships is something that we can all we can all relate to, right? Because when it comes to relationships, um, either you're in one right now, or you just got out of one, or you really want to be in one, right? Or you've heard your friends talking about one, or you've seen a movie about one, or you've listened to a song about one, and we all get excited when it comes to relationships. And here's what you may not know. Here's what you may not know, is that it's not just students that get excited about relationships, in fact, people, no matter how young or how old they are, get pumped up about relationships, and we write songs about them, and we make movies about them, and it's just so, so, such an exciting topic that we, uh, that we just can't seem to get away from. In fact, I did some research this week, and I looked at Spotify, looked at the top 10 songs on Spotify, okay, the most popular songs on Spotify, and here's my question to you. Um, how many do you think, how many of these top 10 songs are all about relationships? All about relationships. Okay, well, I guess it wasn't that tough to guess. The answer is all 10. Every single song on the Spotify top 10 playlist, not just like a little bit about relationships, but they are all about relationships. Like we just can't seem to get away from relationships. And I think if I had to guess, I think the reason, the reason that we get so fired up about relationships is because relationships are fun. Relationships are fun. In fact, scientists did this pretty cool study where they found that the effect of being in a relationship or the effect of thinking about a relationship or the effect of like wanting to be in a relationship um, has the same effect on your body or a similar effect on your body as drugs, as drugs. I'm not joking. Here's what, here's what they found. When you're in a relationship or when you get excited or you see her, you hold his hand for the first time or whatever, your body releases this thing called dopamine. Dopamine is released in your body when you're in a relationship or when you get excited about relationships. And, and when you do drugs, dopamine is released in your body. It's the exact same thing that happens chemically in your body, which means, which means chemically, chemically being in love is the exact same thing as being on drugs. Same thing. It's such a powerful, powerful thing, which is why the great, the great philosopher, um, the great philosopher Kesha actually said, your love is my drug, okay? Yeah, you guys thought she was dumb. Turns out science actually agrees with Kesha. Big surprise, your love is my drug. You know she's smart because she's got a dollar sign in her name, right? So it's got to be. She's, she's just so intelligent, right? But what she's saying and what scientists agree is that relationships are powerful, Relationships are incredibly powerful. I'm, I, like I'm telling you, when you're in a relationship or you want to be in a relationship, relationships are so powerful that they can actually, they can actually change you. In fact, have you noticed that like sometimes your friends get in these relationships and then they become a completely different person? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Like, uh, do, do you have those friends that like they get into that relationship and then once they like, they, like it's like they get lost in that relationship, and it, you, like, you used to hang out with them all the time, you used to Snapchat with them all the time, you used to like FaceTime all the time, but now it's like they disappear for months at a time. It's like they've fallen off the face of the planet. It's like they've forgotten who you are. Or anytime you see them, it's like they're arm in arm or they're hand in hand with that person they're dating, and you're like, come on, 
Like, why can't we hang out like we used to, right? Because they've changed. And the reason they've changed is because relationships are powerful. Or um, this, is, this is my favorite. Have you noticed that, like, guys, for whatever reason, when guys get in relationships, um, their vocabulary changes just a little bit? The voca- Here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. Uh, I've seen, I've seen this happen. These big, tough, like football players, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm talking like big, like six foot four, 230 pounds. These big, like massive dudes. They're like dating a girl and they go up to her and they're like, sup Snooky? And you're like, did you just like, why would you call like that? Like, like, is she a teddy bear? Like, why would you say that? Right? Like he's big, tough dude. And he's like, Hey Pookie. How you doing, Pookie? And you're like, grow up, dude. That's not like, why would a grown man say Pookie? Come on. Or this is the one. This is the one that made me like super upset. Uh, when I was in middle school, when I was in high school, I never, underst- I never understood why guys would say this. Uh, but they would call their girl baby. Baby. It's, it's, it's illogical. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, first of all, dude, that's gross. Are you saying you're dating an infant? Is that what you're saying? Like that she's less than a year old? Like that's weird, dude. Why? Like, like don't, don't do that, right? Like it doesn't make any sense. Like she's a grown woman. Why would you call her baby, right? Why would, like, like, like is she playing with one of those little rattles all the time? Like, no, she is not a baby. She's a woman, you know? I never got it. And it always made me upset. And I swore. I swore, I said, I will never call my significant other baby. I'm never going to do it. I promise now I'm never going to call her baby. And then, uh, and then I got about four months into my relationship with Catherine. And guess what I called her? That's right. I called her baby. And I still do to this day. And I call her many more embarrassing things that I'm not going to tell you because I don't want you to make fun of me. And the reason, the reason is... The reason is relationships change you. They change you, right? Because relationships, I'm telling you, relationships are a powerful, powerful thing. So powerful that they can actually change your life. They can change your future. We actually put it this way in your notes. That who you're with, who you're with changes how you live. That who you're with changes how you live. Because relationships are so powerful, the person you're with or the person that you're dating can actually change how you live. Because when you're in that relationship and when you're dating him or you're dating her, you open up your heart to that person and your heart becomes tied to that person. And now that person has incredible influence in your life and who you're with. Who you're with changes how you live. Here's what I mean. Guys, if you're, if you're like, you know, you're in a relationship with this girl, right, and you really want to see that movie with her, but she doesn't want to see that movie, guess what? You're not going to see that movie, bro. Sorry. Sorry. And the reason you're not going to see that movie is because who you're with changes how you live, changes the movies that you see, changes what you do. Or, or if, you're like, if you're dating that girl, right, like, like, like you're with that girl, and she doesn't like your friends, then you're not going to hang out with your friends anymore. In fact, not only are you not going to hang out with your friends anymore, she's probably going to give you a new group of friends that she wants you to hang out with now. Because who you're with, who you're with changes how you live. Or, or for some of you girls, right, you start, you start dating that guy, and you've got all these standards, 
and you've got all these like, like, like moral platitudes that you want to stick to, things that you want to make sure that you do. You have promises that you've made to yourself that I'm always going to do this and I'm never going to do this. And no matter what happens, I promise, I promise I'm not going to do this. And then you get into a relationship with that guy. And that guy begins to pressure you. And he begins to ask you to do things that you don't want to do and you swore you would never do. But the longer you're in that relationship, the longer you're in that relationship, you begin to cave in. And now you're doing things that you swore you would never do. And the reason that you give in is because who you're with changes how you live. Because relationships are an incredibly, incredibly powerful thing. Relationships tie up your heart and can change your future, can change your life. See, relationships can make you feel like you're on top of the world, or relationships can make you feel like your world is caving in. Some relationships can lead you to a life of incredible reward, and other relationships can lead to extraordinary regret. Because who you're with, who you're with changes how you live. And see, God knows this. God understands that who you're with changes how you live. He understands that the person you tie your heart to is actually going to change your future. That who you're tied to can actually give you more regret or more reward. And that's why, that's why it matters. That's why God actually cares about the person that you date. Not because he's trying to make you feel bad. Not because he's trying to give you a guilt trip. The reason God cares about the person that you date is because he knows that who you're with changes how you live. In other words, God cares about who you date because God cares about you. That the reason God is interested in the person that you're with is because God at the end of day, uh, at the end of the day actually cares about you. He loves you. And he wants you to have a life that is full of joy and a life that is full of peace and a life with as little broken hearts as possible. And that's why it matters to him who it is that you date. And I think, I think, if God were to stand up here today and he were to speak to you directly, I think he would offer you a warning. A warning because he knows, he knows that who you're with changes how you live. And he would offer you a warning that could not only change your future relationships, but I believe it could actually save your life. And so I want to look together at that warning that God actually lays out. And it's actually found in scripture. So do this. Go ahead, grab your Bible. They should be right in front of you. We're going to look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. And that's going to be on page 632. So page 632. We're going to look at Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 23. But before we look there, I want to tell you a little bit about the guy that actually wrote Proverbs. The person who wrote Proverbs is a guy named Solomon. And Solomon, some of you may know about Solomon, some of you may not. I want to kind of catch us all up to speed. Solomon was the son of a guy named David. In fact, it was King David, as in King David, who actually fought Goliath, you know, David and Goliath. Solomon was his son. But Solomon was not just known for being king. See, Solomon was actually known as the wisest man who ever lived. In fact, there's this incredible story where God uh, supernaturally gave him the gift of wisdom. And Solomon had wisdom far beyond his years and far beyond all of his counterparts. In fact, there was no one as wise as Solomon. Historians, Christian and non-Christians all agree that Solomon is the wisest man who has ever lived. 
And thankfully for us, thankfully for us, this wise, incredible person actually wrote down things that apply to our lives today. And so when it comes to relationships, if there's anyone who knows about relationships, it's Solomon. It's Solomon. And a lot of times when we hear about the fact that this guy who is incredibly wise wrote down all these wise sayings, we have a tendency to think, we think that this guy was like sitting up there in his throne room and he was just trying to give this wisdom to random people. Or maybe when you find out that Solomon was a king, you think that Solomon was writing to all of his subjects or Solomon was writing to his country and said, hey, here's a bunch of wise stuff I want you to learn. I want you to know. But the cool thing is that Proverbs, Proverbs is a letter written by Solomon, but not written from a king to his country. It was actually written from a father to his son. See, Proverbs is a letter written to Solomon's kids because he cared about his kids. And this is actually what he says at the beginning of chapter four. He says, listen, as he's writing to his kids, he says, listen, my sons, my kids, I love you. I care about you. Listen to a father's instructions, pay attention and gain understanding. In other words, his heart is breaking for his kids. And he's saying, I want you to know this. And I want you to know this because I love you and I care about you. And then a few verses later, he actually says this. He says, for I too, I too was a son to my father. In other words, I remember what it was like when I would sit on King David's lap and he would tell me about how I need to live my life because I remember my dad caring about me and now I'm caring for you and I want you to know this. And I remember David telling me, he taught me and he said to me, take hold of my words with all of your heart, keep my commands and you will live. Keep my commands and you will live. See, Solomon is writing to his kids, not because he's trying to make them feel bad, not because he's trying to give them rules to follow, but because he wants his kids to live. He cares about his kids. And then finally, he sums up everything with this verse, Proverbs 4, 23. He says, above all else. In other words, if you forget everything else I've written, if you ignore everything else and you can only take away one thing, above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. He's saying, my kids, I care. I care so much for you. And if you forget everything else I've said, and if you ignore everything else, and if you only remember one thing, this is the one thing I want you to know is to guard your heart. See, what Solomon's saying is when you get into a relationship, you tie your heart to that person and you got to be careful and you got to slow down and you got to guard your heart and you got to wait for the right person. Don't just give your heart to anyone. You need to guard your heart. You need to be careful with your heart and don't just hand it out freely to anyone. Pay attention, pay attention to the person that you're actually dating and see, I think for a lot of us, um, at least for the, for the guys, <laughs> our, our list of qualifications um, for who we date or who we're interested in are usually pretty slim. In other words, this is, this is good advice, but usually guys don't take it and girls don't take it. We don't really care. In fact, I, uh, when I was in high school, this was kind of my list of qualifications. I don't think I ever wrote them down, but it was something along this lines. Uh, my qualifications for someone to date is, is she cute and does she like me? And if the answer is yes to both of those, then I'm in, right? Doesn't really matter about anything out. If she's cute and she likes me, done. In fact, she may not even be cute, but if she likes me, cool, I'm in. You know, I'll take it. Cute is a bonus. I don't even care. If she likes me, I'm in. 
If she likes me, I'm in. In fact, when I was, uh, when I was in high school, I found out that uh, this girl at my school actually, and I know this is going to be a shock, so bear with me, but this girl at my school actually liked me. She liked me. And bonus, she was cute. And I was like, okay, okay. By the way, I didn't know anything about her. She was in a different grade. I don't know what kind of music she liked. I don't know what kind of movies she liked to watch, but I didn't care because she was cute and she liked me. And so I was like, awesome, then let's date. And so when I found out she liked me, guess what I did? Immediately I asked her out because I was like, a girl actually likes me. This is awesome. And so I went on a date with this girl as soon as I possibly could. And I think Solomon would say, Steve, 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 chill out. Slow down. Dude, you got to be careful with your heart. Don't just give it away to anyone. Don't just enter into a relationship lightly. You got to be careful. You got to be careful who you're with. Because remember, remember, who you're with changes how you live. In fact, Solomon goes on to explain it the rest of the verse. He says, above all else, guard your heart. This is the main thing I want you to know. Here's why. Because everything you do, everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from it. In other words, all your decisions, all of your actions, all of your attitudes, all of your thoughts, everything you do flows from your heart. And when you enter into a relationship with someone, you begin to tie your heart to that person and everything in your life flows out of your heart that is now tied to that person. In other words, what Solomon is saying is who you're with changes how you live. That's why you need to guard your heart. Don't just tie it to anyone. See, who you're with will actually change how happy you are. Who you're with will change how close to God you are. See, who you're with can actually pull you closer to God, or who you're with can actually drag you further away from God. Here's the way that the Apostle Paul actually put it. In 2 Corinthians six fourteen. he says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. And yoked is this fancy word that basically means tied. In other words, what Paul is saying is, don't just tie your heart to unbelievers. If you're someone that's following after Jesus, don't just tie your heart to someone who's not following after Jesus. And the cool thing is, this word yoked is even more than just tied. See, what Paul was doing is he was leaning into this kind of farming metaphor. And we don't really understand that because we're not farmers and we don't go out there and like plow the fields every day. But the people that Paul was writing to actually got this. And this is what he was saying. He was saying, when you, when you plow the field, you know that you have two oxen in front of you. And the two oxen, they're actually tied together. And the better tied together they are, the better you are able to actually plow your field. And the thing that tied them together was called a yoke. And the thing is, when you had two oxen that were roughly the same build and the same size and the same strength moving in the same direction, then life was going to go good for you. But if you had a really strong ox and a really weak ox or an ox that went this way and an ox that went this way, then it was called unequally yoked. And he said, life doesn't work well when you're unequally yoked. In fact, what he's saying here is if you are following after Jesus and you're in a relationship with someone who is not following after Jesus, then it's like an ox being tied to a donkey. It's not going to work. No matter how hard you want it to, it just ain't going to work. Another way to put it is this. For you guys in the room, if she won't follow Jesus, the girl you're dating, if she won't follow Jesus, then we won't follow Jesus. For you girls, if he won't follow Jesus, then we won't follow Jesus. And it doesn't matter how much you love God, 
It doesn't matter how committed to Jesus you are. It doesn't matter how often you come here on a Thursday night. It doesn't matter how much you love singing these songs or how high you raise your hands. If he won't follow Jesus, we won't follow Jesus. And if she won't follow Jesus, then we won't follow Jesus. Now, I know, I know (laughs) that for some of you in the room, um, you're kind of arguing with me in your head and you're like, no, 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 Steve, 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 Steve. You don't get it. Okay. You don't understand. Um, See, that's why I'm dating him. I'm dating him so that I can bring him to Jesus. Right. In other words, in other words, instead of this, you would say, no, look, if we date, I can make him follow Jesus. Right? If I could just be in a relationship with this guy, then I can actually make him follow Jesus. And man, if you knew about his family, you would know his family's not doing well, and he doesn't have any good friends. And that's why it's good that I'm in his life. Right? If we date, I can actually make him follow Jesus. And you, you almost think of yourself in a kind of weird sort of way as like a missionary. Right? It's like, you know, you got, you got some missionaries that go to Haiti and some missionaries that go to Uganda, and you're a missionary that goes to the really attractive guys at your school, and you date them and bring them to Jesus, right? You're like, if we date, I can make him follow Jesus. I know I can do it, man. I can do it. Now, here's what I would say to that. No, you can't. (laughs) No, you can't. And I know it's nice to think about, and it feels like it should work, but it doesn't work. You're unequally yoked. Now, now you can make him come to church. And you can make him, you know, like download oceans on his phone and listen to that. Like you can make him do that. But you can't make him follow Jesus. You can't force him to fall in love with Jesus. As hard as you may try. This is a decision that he must make on his own. You can't force him to. And I know that some of you are like, no, 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 no. But like, he's in such a difficult spot. He has such a difficult family life. I'm I'm telling you, the reason I'm dating him is because I want to fix him. I want to help him. I want to change him. I want to save him. And what I would say is, you can't save him. And I can't save him. Only Jesus can save him. Not you. And here's, here's the part that to me breaks my heart. When you're in a relationship with someone who is unequally yoked, someone who doesn't love Jesus and you love Jesus, instead of actually bringing them closer to Jesus, they end up bringing you further away from Jesus. And that's why Paul said, please, 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 don't be unequally yoked. Don't be yoked with someone who is an unbeliever. That is why Solomon said, Solomon said, listen, listen, if you don't remember anything else I say, you need to guard your heart because who you're with, who you're with changes how you live. And if that guy is not pursuing Jesus and chasing after Jesus, then you will begin to not follow after Jesus and chase after Jesus. And so as we think about what it actually means for you to guard your heart, this is, this is the final question that I want to leave you with. What type of person should I wait for? If it's true, if it's true that Solomon says above all else, guard your heart for out of it flows everything else in life. Then what type of person should I wait for?
And here's what I want you to do right now. Whether you're like dating someone or whether you're single, whether you've been in a relationship for like two years or whether you just started a relationship or you really want a relationship, everyone in the room, okay? Everyone in the room, if you've been here for the first time tonight or like you've never been here before or whatever, I want you to begin writing down the list of characteristics that would answer this question. What type of person should I wait for? And I know that not everyone in this room is following after Jesus. And I get that. But if you are someone who's chasing after Jesus, if you have a relationship with God and you're committed to Jesus, then the number one thing on your list of characteristics should be that that person is also following after Jesus. That that person is a believer in Jesus Christ. And so begin to write down and list out what type of person should I wait for? And when it comes to guarding your heart, um, I want to speak to two specific types of people in the room. I want to speak to those of you uh, that are in a relationship. And I also want to speak to those of you that are not in a relationship yet. So first, I want to talk to those of you that are not in a relationship. As you're, as you're writing down the answer to this question, what type of person should I wait for? My challenge to you, if you're not in a relationship is wait for them. Wait for them. Wait for the person that you've listed out on your sheet of paper. And I know that some of you are like, no, 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 Steve, 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 you don't get it, man. If you knew the guys at my school, you knew that I would be waiting forever, okay? Like, I would be waiting until I'm like 74 years old. Like, you don't know the guys at my school. And I know, I know that for some of you, That means waiting until high school. And I also know that for some of you, some of you, that means waiting until college. And I know that you're like, whoa, wait, wait, Steve, are you saying that I should just wait to date someone until I'm in college? Maybe so. Here's the good news for you, in case you didn't know this. Um, No one has ever died of not dating. Isn't that good news? So don't worry, you're going to be okay. And here's the cool thing. I talked, to, uh, I talked to someone yesterday, a good friend of mine, who was, uh, who was telling me her story. And she said that she heard a message similar to this when she uh, was in middle school. And she said, she said, so I, I, I wrote down my list of the, the character, you know, the characteristics, the qualities that I was going to wait for. And I didn't go on my first date until I was 20 years old. 20 years old. And now, now, she is happily married to the guy that she went on that date with. Isn't that cool? And she, she didn't die from waiting. She made it. And here's the good news. Is that from from doing this, she saved herself a lot of regret. And she saved herself a lot of broken hearts. And she saved herself a lot of mistakes that other people make. And I know, I know that this is not easy for many of you because all of your friends are dating, all your friends are in relationships, and what about the dance, and what about homecoming, and what about this, and what about that? And I know, I'm not saying it's gonna be easy, but sometimes the most difficult things are the right things. And maybe God is pressing in on you 
to wait. Don't compromise on your list of characteristics that you're looking for. You might wait a year. You, may, yeah, you might wait five years. You might wait 10 years. But wait, wait. Solomon would say, don't just give your heart to anyone. Guard, guard your heart. Now, I want to talk to those of you that are in a relationship right now. And um, as you've been writing down your list of characteristics and qualities of um, the person that, that you believe um, you should be with, as you're looking at those characteristics, I want you to compare them with the guy that you're dating right now. And if those two don't line up, then you need to break up with him tonight. Like, as soon as possible. And here's why. Here's why. Because the longer you tie yourself to that person, the further away from God you will begin to drift. And I know, I know that you're thinking, man, but I'm telling you, he, like, he's going to be so heartbroken, and I'm going to be so heartbroken, and that conversation is going to be difficult, and I don't know how to do it, and what about this, and what about that? Here's what I would say. A broken heart now is better than a broken life later. It's worth it. If the guy you're dating... You're not equally yoked with him. If you're following after Jesus and he's not following after Jesus, then things need to end tonight. And I know that this is not easy to hear, which is why I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray um, for courage and I want to pray for wisdom. Because I know for some of you, that means some difficult conversations are going to happen tonight. So let me pray for you. God, I am uh, I'm so grateful for, um, for the way that you care about us. God, and I'm grateful that you're not trying to make us feel bad. You're not trying to guilt trip us. But the reason that you tell us to guard our hearts is because you care about our life. And I know that for some students tonight, the challenge is to simply wait. And maybe they feel like they've been waiting forever and all of their friends are in a relationship. And you're like, why should I wait any longer? And I don't want to wait for another year. And can I just date him? And I know that he's not following after Jesus, but, but maybe I can make him. And God, I pray that you would, uh, that you would convince them of what is true which is that they need to guard their heart and wait for the person that you want them to be with. And God, I also want to pray for um, those in the room that are in a relationship that is not bringing them closer to you. Maybe it's a relationship with a guy that is not following after Jesus. Maybe it's a relationship with a guy who claims to be a Christian, but he, uh, he doesn't really... Uh, he doesn't read scripture and he's not patient. He's not kind and he's just all about himself. And, and I know that's going to be a difficult conversation. Maybe it's with a guy who, um, who's pushing the boundaries uh, of what is okay. 
I pray that you would give these students wisdom. Please give them wisdom to know uh, what they need to do next. And then once, once they know what they need to do, the thing I ask is that you would give them supernatural courage to move forward and do this. And I pray that they would hear this not as a king to his country, not as this like almighty, powerful God to just his minions, but rather that this is the heart of a father to his kids, a good, good father that actually cares about his children and God, that you want us to have the abundant life that you've prepared for us. I pray that they would see that to disobey is to miss out on what you have for us and to obey would lead to the life that you want us to have. So give the students wisdom and courage as they follow you because you, Jesus, are a good father and we trust you and we love you and we thank you for caring for us. And so we ask all of these things in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.